For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. episode we have today I've had so many problems with my sound today I'm trying to get it straight that's why I'm staring intently at the laptop they'll probably think I'm looking at you because the camera is right there but I'm I'm not I'm looking down here over the line show.com is the website make sure you go and sign up for that newsletter that we've got uh, We've got there for you. Anytime we need to blast something out there to you, you can stay in the loop. Joy Villa is supposed to be on the show today. We will see if that happens. Hopefully, she will uh, be calling us at uh, 11 o'clock. Or for those of you that are listening, within the next 30 minutes or so. And we'll see how long we can uh, we can have her on the show. And talk about all kinds of stuff and stuff and things. Now, some big news coming this morning. As you probably know, yesterday, uh, Jesse Smollett was arrested and officially charged with faking this this hate crime, filing a false police report, and all that jazz, which is never a good look. Never a good look, especially when the country and and really the world has been captivated with the case that you brought to authorities uh, for weeks, for weeks and weeks, and and countless hours, uh, police hours have been spent by um, officials and detectives uh, investigating your case because it was such a horrific crime, only to find out it's not true. It's not a good look. 
So they arrested him. They've released his mugshot. He's got that smug look that he's got in most of his pictures. No surprise there. But the police came out this morning and uh, gave a press conference to kind of give uh, a rundown of what's happened, what they've done, and everything that's just happened in, in, in the amount of time that we've all sit here on our hands trying to figure out exactly what's going on with uh with this case it's been nothing short of uh of amazing there's no doubt about it i actually it was a fascinating uh, it was a fascinating press conference and i want to play you part of it at least the first couple of minutes of it where one of the police officials comes up to the podium and he uh, he begins with talking about um what they did how they feel about what has uh what has gone down and and what it means for the city of chicago so let me play a little bit of that is uh it just went down about 30 30 minutes ago or so it was uh like i said very very interesting coming from the chicago police department i'm not sure of this guy's title but i guess he's uh maybe a sergeant or head of the department in some good morning capacity. everyone before i get started on why we're here. You know, as I look out into the crowd, I just wish that the families of gun violence in this city got this much attention, because that's who really deserves the amount of attention that we're giving to this particular incident. So this morning, I come to you not only as the superintendent of the Chicago Police Department, but also as a black man who spent his entire life living in the city of Chicago. I know the racial divide that exists here. I know how hard it's been for our city and our nation to come together. And I also know the disparities, and I know the history. This announcement today recognizes that Empire actor Jesse Smollett took advantage of the pain and anger of racism to promote his career. I'm left hanging my head and asking why. Why would anyone, especially an African-American man, use the symbolism of a noose to make false accusations? How could someone look at the hatred and suffering associated with that symbol and see an opportunity to manipulate that symbol to further his own public profile? How can an individual who's been embraced by the city of Chicago turn around and slap everyone in this city in the face by making these false claims. Bogus police reports cause real harm. They do harm to every legitimate victim who's in need of support by police and, and investigators as well as the citizens of this city. Chicago hosts one of the largest pride parades in the world and we're proud of that as a police department and also as a city. We do not, nor will we ever tolerate hate in our city, whether that hate is based on an individual's sexual orientation, race, or anything else. So I'm offended by what's happened, and I'm also angry. I love the city of Chicago and the Chicago Police Department, warts and all. But this publicity stunt was a scar that Chicago didn't earn and certainly didn't deserve. To make things worse, the accusations within this phony attack received national attention for weeks. Celebrities, 
news commentators, and even presidential candidates weighed in on something that was choreographed by an actor. First, Smollett attempted to gain attention by sending a false letter that relied on racial, homophobic, and political language. When that didn't work, Smollett paid $3,500 to stage this attack and drag Chicago's reputation through the mud in the process. And why? This stunt was orchestrated by Smollett because he was dissatisfied with his salary. So he concocted a story about being attacked. Now, our city has problems. We know that. We have problems that have affected people from all walks of life, and we know that. But to put the national spotlight on Chicago for something that is both egregious and untrue is simply shameful. I'm also concerned about what this means moving forward for hate crimes. Now, of course, the Chicago Police Department will continue to investigate all reports of these types of incidents with the same amount of vigor that we did with this one. But my concern is that hate crimes will now publicly be met with a level of skepticism that previously didn't, didn't happen. That said, Smollett was treated as a victim throughout this investigation until we received evidence that led detectives in another direction. I couldn't be more proud of the unrelenting detective work that went into this investigation. I couldn't be more proud of every investigator that played a part in it. The detective work that we saw in this case is indicative of the work that our detectives do every day in this city. This case in particular involved hours of video evidence, which when combined with old-fashioned police work, uncovered the truth. These detectives deserve all the credit in the world for carefully analyzing the leads and the evidence for weeks before coming to their conclusion. So that's I'd the, also like to, like to thank the that's FBI. That's the long and short of, um, of the, the press conference. I just wanted to play you the first couple of minutes of that because uh, there were some good points and, and really something in there that we didn't think about, those of us that have been following this, is what it's done to the city of Chicago and the, 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 the people there or the stain that it's put on uh, Chicago. We, we were just recently here in the state of Alabama talking about what it does to us to have uh, this, this what's his name? I can't even remember his name now. Sutton, something Sutton, that uh, is the editor of this newspaper in small town Alabama that's it's writing pro-KK stuff in his newspaper. Uh Chicago kind of dealing with the same thing, or at least had dealt with the same thing for over the course of a, of a few weeks. And you think also of the atrocities that go on in Chicago with shootings and killings and all this other stuff, and how this had taken away from the police work of these officers uh, who would normally be investigating or trying to stop those crimes from happening. And then as he gets out and he starts it and he looks over the crowd of, of I, I don't have a shot of it, but God knows how many members of the media that are there, he realizes, wow, this case has gotten this much attention. Yet we have cases on a daily basis that are 10 times as bad and we barely get any media coverage. 
that's got to be a, a a a sobering a sobering moment for that uh, for that officer. It's just crazy, crazy to hear those guys talk about it. How it was a slap in the face to Chicago? So here's what's going to happen. As you know, he's been arrested. He is set to appear in front of a judge for a bond hearing. I believe about two o'clock Central Time, two thirty. And at that point, he will uh, get his bond, he will more than likely post it, and then he will leave. I think what a lot of us are just waiting on now, and even the officer here mentioned that, is uh, for Smollett himself to come out and admit with his own words that this was all made up and concocted, that this was all fake, and that he was he's 100% responsible and he's willing to take responsibility. The officer said, you know, that's going to be part of of the ultimate justice is him finally taking responsibility for doing this. Because we don't know if he's even uh, told officers that he's, uh, well, I take that back. I guess he has because officer said that he claims the reason he did it was because he was dissatisfied with his salary on the show Empire. Now, I find that a little hard to believe. Because as he said himself, he's been very outspoken against the president. He consumes a lot of his time with hating on the president and being outspoken on that subject. And this this attack was centered around trying to frame followers and supporters of Donald Trump. That was the theme of this attack. So why would you feel the need to make the theme of this attack about Donald Trump if this was really just about your salary? If this was really just about what you were getting paid? You can say, oh, well, he's looking for sympathy, and he knows those people on that movie set and those producers and directors that they'll have sympathy on him and maybe give him more money. It ain't about that. It ain't about that, cuzzy. It's about what we said it was about from the beginning, and that was to diminish and, and damage damage the chances of Donald Trump being reelected in 2020 and even promote some of his uh, potential potential opponents in a general election. That's what this was about. This was politically motivated, as most hate crimes are. Most hate crimes are politically motivated. I would say 9 out of 10, if not 10 out of 10, hate hoax crimes are politically motivated. We see it time after time. Now, in my in-depth research, uh, and, and keep in mind, this is before this press conference, but we really knew this information last night. As I'm watching Don Lemon on CNN, he's doing a, a discussion with two other pundits there at his desk, and they're talking about uh, the case, and Don Lemon almost seems to give Smollett a pass and say that uh, um, he's not at fault for some of this. And maybe maybe I'm just hearing this wrong. Maybe this is just me. But I'm going to play this for you and tell me what you get from Don Lemon in this clip while he talks about the court of public opinion and how the... The backlash that Smollett is getting is not really his fault. Tell me if I'm getting this wrong. You know Let me I mean? tell you this, and Joey, I know this. 
you can, a, a good lawyer can get you out just about anything, right? Or reduce whatever it is that you're going to suffer. In the court of public opinion, Jussie has lost. He's right. lost the fight in the court of yeah. public opinion. Yeah. And that's where his battle is. Whether Legally, if he has to go, whatever he has to serve, if it's jail time, if he has to do probation, if he has to pay, whatever. But in the court of public opinion... It, it matters. It, it matters. And he lost yeah. that because of how, and not his fault, maybe people were, I don't know what they were saying to him, how, maybe because of his representatives, I, who, who knows. I don't know but if it was it's handled poorly. Fault. I don't know if it's not his fault, Don. The you fact think it's is, his fault? Do you think he was is, doing what he wanted? Well, he went out and he gave the interview. So understand this. From a, it, now let's talk from a defense perspective. There's two things. Here is Don Lemon's point. That it's not his fault that his handlers made him go out and do that interview on ABC. That his handlers told him to go out there and, and, and talk it up and be dramatic about this, this, uh, this alleged hate crime that happened to him. It's not his fault. He was told to do that. He also saw the passion that he had when uh, he was out there speaking on this. And his handlers didn't uh, instruct him to pay the infamous Nigerian brothers $3,500 to do this. So, is it his fault? Is it his fault he's getting reamed in the public square in this fashion? To think about. Number one is yeah. the law and whether it makes sense legally to be out there speaking and everything else. From that perspective, it's damning. All those things yeah. you heard him say on TV are going to be played in a courtroom That's and right. the event this goes to trial and it's going to crush him. Now, yeah. from a public relations imperative, your people say, oh, get in front of the cameras, express what happened, show some, you know, show some real anger, show some this, that, the other. The fact is that it's works from a public polished. relations perspective, yeah. exactly. but it doesn't work in this perspective. It doesn't work. And listen, yeah. again, I want you to say I have nothing but the utmost respect for my friends at ABC and other things. Right. They and, and Robin did a terrific job on that interview. I'm just talking about no, how geez. you respond to this sort of crisis. That doesn't really work anymore, and I think that it, that is old school. This is playing out every single moment yeah. in cable news. Sean Hannity's going to eat Jussie Smollett's lunch every single second. Tucker Carlson is going to eat Jussie Smollett's lunch Every single second. President of the, the United president States. The president of the United States That's is right. going to eat his lunch. And who does the president of the United States watch every night? You. Cable news. Well, cable news. <laughs> okay, see, this is what he's worried about. He, and and I, I forgot to mention this on the show, but I was watching, I, I guess it was Monday or Tuesday, when this stuff started falling apart. I guess it was Monday. I started falling apart over the weekend. Um they're talking about it on Morning Joe, and Joe Scarborough is is harping on it, and he's like, the biggest tragedy of all in this situation is the fact that the Hannity's and the, and the Tucker Carlson's and Donald Trump, they're going to be loving this. They're going to be laughing all the way to the bank. That's the real tragedy here. That's what they're worried about. <laughs> they're their, their, their biggest concern in this situation is that the talking heads on the right got to win, okay? I'd love to see Joe Scarborough or see Don Lemon go to that police chief that was speaking today and tell him that that's the biggest tragedy in this situation. Tell him that's, that's the real damage that was caused by this. And see what he says.
He'll probably pull out his taser and zap you with it for, for saying that. Seriously. Again, I go back to the damage that that Chicago has suffered in this situation. But yet, the pundits on TV, who, by the way, have still taken zero responsibility for what they've done in this case and how they've promoted this hoax hate crime, those guys still have not come out and apologized. They have passed the buck. They've put the blame on celebrities. They've even put the blame in some cases on presidential candidates and have taken no responsibility for themselves. I'd like to see them make their way to Chicago and tell that police chief what they feel the real tragedy is. See what they say. See see how they feel about uh, what other people think about this situation. People that are happy. Here's what you got. You, you've got one side, the, the side that uh, Don Lemon and, and, and Joe Scarborough are so concerned with that are happy that this has turned out the way it has. And that other side, they're happy that uh, a, a hate crime of this nature didn't happen. They're the bad guys because they're happy that this did not actually happen in America in 2019. Shouldn't we all be relieved? But instead, some out there are, are, are just heartbroken over the fact that it didn't come to fruition that uh, a, a couple of pasty white MAGA hat guys attacked a gay black man and put a noose around his neck. They wanted that. They wanted it, just like Jesse Smollett wanted it. Wanted it so bad that he had to concoct it himself. They want this kind of thing to happen. They want tragedy. Democrats want tragedy. They want destruction. Especially while they're not in power. They want these bad things happening so they can then make their way back to power. They can have things to point to and say, this is your way of life now. Until you put us in office, until you give us the power... These things are going to happen. We're the ones that can stop them. We're, we're the heroes. Because the left always needs a boogeyman. The, the left always needs a villain. Because what's the point in being the savior? What's the point in being the hero if there's no bad guy? If there's no bad guy, if there's no tragedy there's no destruction, then people don't need the, the, the hero. People don't need the savior. So the left has to create a boogeyman. That's what they've done for a long time. Well, before Jesse Smollett decided to get a couple of, of homeboys off the, uh, off the TV show to put a noose around his neck and pour bleach. By the way, it wasn't like bleach. It was like very... Uh, concentrated or diluted, should I say, uh, form of bleach, turns out. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you're going to do a, a hoax hate crime, you got to make sure that you don't hurt yourself, okay? It's called acting. You don't want to hurt yourself. But there's Don Lemon. Um, apparently, He was having a conversation with Chris Cuomo as well. This this happened on several occasions. 
This was uh, earlier in the night when they did the whole handoff between Cuomo and Lemon. You know, they do their little uh, bromance thing when each show transitions. And here's what they said about the case uh, just last night as well. Have the conversation in the way that only you can have it on your show. Um, and we need to work beyond those things. We need to have the conversation more openly, like you did in that interview. I feel bad for him, even though if he is wrong, wrong he hurt a lot of people if he did it with their actions. So I think there's maybe it's an opportunity to talk about these issues. I don't think it, um, it undercuts that there are real victims out there of homophobia, real victims of racism. But you didn't have to um, embellish because things are already bad. Do you understand yeah, what I'm understood. saying? Understood. Yeah. And look, there's always a lesson in every one of these for all of us. You know, there can be a temptation to go fast. It's almost always better uh, to go slow. And we, we've got a whole lot of people. We have some folks who know him. We've good. got uh, some legal minds who are going to talk to us about what's in his future. And then I'm going to give my take on it at the top of the show. So I'll see you in I a I look bit. forward to Hey, that. I'm sorry. Are you, how are you feeling? How are you doing? I need this show to end. Did you tell him? Did, did you tell him? <laughs> yes. Ah. <laughs> uh. These two dudes are so gay. Can I just say that? They are, they are so gay for each other. Well, we know Don Lemon's gay. But I'm pretty sure uh, Chris Cuomo's suppressing it. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, yeah, so uh, trust me, the, the rest of that was not very riveting. You don't want to hear it. But it, it's it's excuses. And, and nobody makes more excuses than, than those two. And I, I don't know if they're just trying to be um, you know, controversial or trying to stir up some some publicity for the show or whatever, which you know I get, whatever. But it's time after time for topics that are, are they're they're obviously on the wrong side of, no matter where you fall politically. At this point, we've all got to come together and not make excuses for this guy, who has been caught red-handed. You've got in media a lot of overthinkers, and I've seen it firsthand. Things that most of us, average Americans, regular Joe Blows, we we solve problems and, and we analyze things on a very simplified level because it's the easiest and it's the most effective way to get things done. When you get up in the corporate world and, and you get into the, the corporate media and all this kind of stuff, these people completely overthink every single aspect of every single thing. And they end up screwing it up by doing that. In this case, this is not decisions being made for a business or anything, but just analyzing a story. They overanalyze it, I guess, because they're looking for content, but it ends up making them look stupid. This thing is open and shut. And if you're on that side of this argument with Julie Smollett and you've been the one ringing the bell saying this this is a thing, this happened, and we got to put a stop to it because this is America in 2019, seems like you would want to keep it short, sweet, and simple and just move on to the next story. But these jabronis, they, they want to harp on it. And again, as I said, like 20 times already, still take no responsibility. So that's going on. There'll be more to come on that this afternoon. We will see what happens when he is released from uh, custody after he posts bail once he gets put in front of the 
the judge for the bond hearing, interested to see what his bond's going to be. But he's got enough money to pay it, no matter what it is, and then he'll be on his way. I'm sure he will not answer any questions, but we will subsequently be waiting for a statement, written or otherwise, from Justice Smollett to admit that he is a fraud and that uh, he faked the whole thing and that he's ashamed of himself and it'll probably involve some sort of backhanded comment like, uh, it was a hoax, but these things really happen in America. People are getting getting uh, ropes put around their neck on a daily basis. Maybe not this time, but it'll happen. Blah, 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 blah. And then attack Donald Trump, and that'll be the end of it. So, you don't even have to watch for it now. I just explained what was going to happen. How about that? I just helped you out. A disturbing story, though. Out of, uh, I think this was out of uh, Washington. I don't know if this is the state of Washington. Or, uh, let me see. You've got a guy by the name of Christopher Paul Hassan, who is uh, a U.S. Coast Guard officer who apparently was blasting off white supremacist views and uh, drafted a some sort of target list of politicians and prominent media figures to kill has been arrested on firearms and drug charges. This guy was also apparently a fan of mass murderers, an admirer of mass murderers. Uh, he was arrested last week in a powerful arsenal seized from his home according to court documents that were unsealed yesterday. So they arrested him last week, uh, and just now it's hitting the media as to what uh, what this guy's deal was and what he was arrested for. According to the U.S. District Attorney Robert Herr, uh, he said the defendant intends to murder innocent civilians on a scale rarely seen in this, this country. The defendant is a domestic terrorist bent on committing acts dangerous to human life that are intended to affect governmental conduct. He's being held on drug charges and unlawfully possessing firearms and ammunition. By the way, unlawfully possessing firearms and ammunition. That means uh, the gun laws, you know, they were in place, but they didn't work. Uh, 15 firearms, over a thousand rounds of ammunition were recovered from this dude's apartment in Silver Springs, Maryland, along with illegal drugs in the documents, uh, seized in documents seized by authorities. Hassan identified himself as a white nationalist for over 30 years and advocated for focused violence in order to establish a white homeland. Hassan routinely pursued portions of the Breivik Manifesto on amassing firearms and compiling a list of, of targets. That was apparently some Norwegian mass murderer guy. I don't know anything about him. So, uh, Among those listed targets were Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and other Democrats in the House and the Senate. Uh, media personalities included Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo. This guy was a lieutenant in the U.S. Coast Guard working at U.S. Coast Guard headquarters in Washington. 
He's a former Marine who also spent two years in the Army National Guard. He was, he's remained in custody and is to uh, appear in court in Greenbelt, Maryland today. So, uh, wow, that's a scary, scary situation. But in the headlines, nonetheless, I wanted to throw that out there. Uh, glad that they found that guy and they got their hands on him before he did something crazy. Crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, what else we got? Oh, we've got our, our dear friend from Hoover, Alabama, who goes by the name of... Hoda Muthana. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Hoda Muthana. Sounds like a catchphrase from The Lion King. Uh, she is the chick that, uh, that moved to Syria, married uh, an Islamic fighter who then got blown to smithereens and then married another one. Same thing happened. And she married another one. She's got a kid. And uh, she basically moved over there to join ISIS and spill the blood of non-Muslims and Westerners, often promoting the, the propaganda, the ISIS propaganda on Twitter. She had been captured. She's in a refugee camp overseas, and she was pleading over the past few days and weeks for the U.S. to allow her to come home that uh, she has uh, realized how much of a mistake she's made, and she she really, really, really wants to come home. She'll suffer whatever kind of punishment needs to be dealt to her, whatever the case is. She just, she wants to come home. She's over the ISIS life. No more ISIS life. She's done with it. It's too much, too much. So she's been pleading and asking, and finally... Finally, the president, who would uh, be one of the, the major players to make the call on whether or not she can come back, spoke out on the incident. And he said in a tweet yesterday that we posted as soon as it came out on the Over the Line Facebook page, I have instructed Secretary, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, and he fully agrees, not to allow... Hoda Muthana back into the country. <laughs> and then we all collectively let out a big LOL because we thought that was extremely funny. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, it's a, it's a sad story. There's no doubt about it. But the bottom line is the fact that this chick, on the record, has made it clear that she wants to see Americans dead, that she wants to see non-Muslims dead. And so it would be insane for us to bring her back to, to this country unless we are going to stick her in some sort of solitary confinement for the rest of her life, which I'm going to go ahead and assume she'll probably just want to stay over there if that's the case. She does, she's not going to get to come back over here and go back to Hoover, Alabama and hang out at Mom and Dad's house. Sorry. But thank the good Lord we have a president at this time that is willing to stand up and say, no, 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 no. Yes, we all make mistakes. Yes, we're a forgiving country, but um, 
we're going to forgive you and let you stay over there because you can't come back here. You've made it clear that you were not suitable for this country. So, sorry, chick, you get to stay over there. Now, if Obama were president, or if even Hillary Clinton were president, we would have already traded seven terrorists and flown this chick back on Air Force One and probably had an elaborate Rose Garden ceremony for her miraculous return. And she would have been hailed as some sort of Bo Bergdahl hero. Everybody would be excited. And then she would run for Congress, and then she would be a very outspoken critic of Israel, and everybody on uh, everybody hate her guts, and it would just be a whole process. If Trump were not president. If Trump were not president. So let's just be glad this didn't happen three or four years ago, and that it happened here in 2019. So, maybe that'll be the last we hear from her. There's another story floating around of a girl from the UK that's in that exact same situation, and the UK has apparently said, you know what, we're going to revoke your uh, your citizenship too. You're not going to be coming back. Now, for those in the UK and, and countries involved in the EU, you know, that that's a good call, but they've got a larger problem of just allowing these type of people into their country that is actually literally tearing their country apart. That's not that, you know, that's not my business, though. I'm going to let y'all do your thing. Y'all do what you're going to do. I don't care. So that's out there. Uh, also, word on the street is the Mueller report could be released any freaking day now. After two plus long years, the Mueller report is on its way and could be here today, could be here tomorrow, could be here over the weekend, could be here next week. Any time it could drop. And when uh, when it does, we will uh, we'll obviously bring it to you here on over the line. Whenever um, whenever we get back from the break, sorry, I had a brain fart. When we get back from the break, what we'll do is I'll tell you what exactly people, not only in the media, but those across the political landscape, are saying about the fact that the Mueller report is about to come out. And I'll tell you why we know that the Mueller report is about to come out. It does involve anonymous sources, and y'all know how I feel about that. But just take my word. I got a feeling about this one. I can feel it in my bones. It's Over the Line, overthelineshow.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll come back on the other side with more show. Y'all hang tight.
Are you looking to get the word out and help grow your business? Hey, it's Andrew from Over the Line, the podcast. We are looking to partner with brand new business owners to help grow their business and get the word out to our listeners so we can link them up with the best businesses around. They spend their hard-earned money on these products, on these services, and we want to make sure we get them teamed up with the right people. If you're interested in teaming up with this podcast and letting people know about your business, contact me, Andrew, at OverTheLineShow.com. That's Andrew at OverTheLineShow.com. We'll just patch her straight through. It's not a big deal. And I get it. Listen, if I'm a celebrity, I take my time coming on these jabroni interviews. I wouldn't be in a hurry. So I can't judge. I envision myself being an absolute jerk if I'm a celebrity. I mean, I'd be nice to the people that I like, but I wouldn't be a jerk to everybody else. And I would make as many appearances on CNN and MSNBC and NPR as I possibly could. And just be a jerk. And then when people come at me, they're like, Andrew, why are you such a jerk? I will be like, look, at least I'm not Jesse Smollett. Okay. At least I'm being true to myself. And I would use that excuse every time. It's over the line, over the line show.com. As we were speaking on the other side, I was talking about the upcoming Mueller report, which we've all set on our hands waiting, sitting on our hands waiting for this thing to come out. We all know what's in it. We know what the final judgment of it's going to be. But uh, we're getting confirmation of that because of how the media is reacting. Now, you can go ahead and guarantee yourself that there are plenty of members of the media that have already got their hands on 
chunks of this thing, on good portions of this thing, because they're all in uh, in the tank on this. They've been getting leaks all along. They know what's going on. So they're coming out, and they're making excuses before it even hits the press, before it even comes out for the American public. Not even the American public, because where it would go is it would go to the president. I'm sorry, it would go to Congress, and then it would go to the president. Well, I, actually, I don't know the, the procedure. It's going to go to the attorney general and then probably to the president and Congress. But the talking heads on TV are already making excuses as to why this is not going to be what they've said all along that it's going to be. And one of the the most shocking voices that have, has said that exact thing is your boy James Clapper. Even James Clapper is now saying the Mueller report might be anti-climatic, which is the last thing that he ever wanted to come out of his mouth. He was on New Day. Uh, this was yesterday, I guess yesterday morning, and he was speaking on this, and you know it hurt him so bad to say this. But here he is, live on CNN. When you hear the former acting FBI director say it is possible that the president of the United States is a Russian asset, what is your reaction? Well, the uh, first reaction, Nelson, is, uh, to, at least for me, is I would uh, and have added a caveat, whether witting or unwitting. And, and I think that's an important distinction, which I think would somewhat at least in my mind, uh, soften that a bit. But I do think... Wait a minute. Unwitting. Unwitting means you were bamboozled, am I right? It means you were tricked into doing something that maybe you didn't realize you were doing. So if, if you've been bamboozled into helping Russia in some sort of way, doesn't that ax the theory of collusion? Because if you collude, don't you have to have intent? Don't you have to know the collusion is going on in order to collude? At least in the sense that these guys have been preaching and screaming from the rooftop for years now? That uh, it is sort of an institutional obligation, a responsibility of, of the FBI to, to at least consider that possibility, given the uh, track record and the behavior uh, of you know, through the campaign and and into the into the early part of the administration, culminating in the, in the firing of Jim Comey. Well, let's look at these scenarios that you've, you've laid out. Let's look at unwitting. Okay, so do you see evidence of some kind that President Trump is an unwitting asset of Russia? Well, the uh, the strange thing I think that's bothered a lot of people. Uh, you know, both in and out of the intelligence community is this uh, strange uh, personal deference to um, Putin by by the president. And I, I've speculated in the past that uh, the way Putin behaves is, is to treat uh, President Trump as, as an asset. Like like man, James Clapper will put you to sleep real fast. You think CNN was like, man, James Clapper has got some sway with the positions he's held Within the Obama administration, he would be a great addition uh, to our cast, to our staff, as a, a, a contributor and a commentator. But man, he's boring. 
you think they were in the back weighing those options? Is it worth having boring James Clapper on the show? Put that in air quotes. How so? Well, for, because of, you know, you consider Putin's background as, as, a, as a trained, experienced KGB agent and how he would approach somebody that he is trying to co-opt or influence or gain leverage over. And in this case, you know, appeal to uh, uh, ego. And, and so in that, in that sense... And Who is typing in the background? Somebody's typing up a, a storm, firing off an email in the back. That context is what uh, I think of when I mean a potential unwitting asset. Okay, so then a witting uh, asset. What would that look like? Well, that, that to me would be, which frankly I, I, I rather doubt, is a, a recruited asset who is responding to a direction. Uh, of a, uh, of, a, of a case officer. Again, I'll put that, uh, uh, that phrase in quotes. And I, I, I really don't think that's the situation here. So I think it's, it's, it's uh, if, if that is the, the case, it, it, it would be more unwitting than witting. Yeah. And so is the Robert Mueller investigation enough to tell, if, if, that's, if that's the possible scenario that you're looking at and you think that what Andrew McCabe said is a possible scenario, is the Robert Mueller investigation and what's happening in Congress enough? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's the big, the big question. Uh, I think the, the, the hope is that the Mueller investigation will clear the air on this issue once and for all. I'm really not sure it will, and, and the investigation, when completed, could turn out to be quite anticlimactic and not draw a conclusion oh. about that. Again, I don't know. Oh, no. Oh, all their hopes and dreams are crushed. It's got to be anticlimactic. And he knows. He's got people on the inside. He knows good and well what's in this, and he's just trying to prepare everyone and soften the blow for all the people that he promised this report would take down the president. He promised, they've, they've all promised that this was going to be the thing that takes down the president. And now it's not going to happen. So they have to find excuses. And he, as well as many others in the mainstream media, have said the same thing. They've said, well, here's the thing. The Mueller report's not even that important, which is the opposite of what they've said. It was all about, we've got to let him finish his investigation. This is the most important thing we've ever done in American history. But now they're saying, oh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's only a, 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 a small investigation. It, it's, it doesn't really tell us one way or another whether he is guilty of this. So it's on us to continue investigating to figure out what happened here. Ah. And one of them, uh, most of them are saying, they're, they're saying that, oh, we've already got enough, uh, enough evidence that's out in, in the public to know that he's guilty of this. With the things he's, he's said, the people that have been arrested and indicted, we already know that he is guilty of this crime and many others. So we don't need a silly Mueller report. It's so good. It is so good. Because I cannot tell you how many people, time and time again, they would constantly say, tick-tock, tick-tock. As, as in, the Mueller investigation is going to ramp up and it will be the end of Donald Trump's presidency. 
these people put all their eggs in the molar basket, and now it's falling apart. And now they're scrambling like a bunch of cockroaches when the lights come on. And that's what it's going to be. When this thing drops, the roaches are going to scatter because they're going to be exposed. When the average American who really put their trust into the Mueller investigation as well, I know a lot of us did not because of all the shady things we've seen involved in the investigation, all the uh, the, the the compromises and the, the conflicts of interest that we've seen, we, we didn't trust it. But we also knew that unless they just literally made stuff up from thin air, that they were going to come out with nothing. They weren't going to have anything. We knew that. These guys have, have convinced a, a large portion of the country to either believe it's going to take down the president or at least give the Mueller investigation the benefit of the doubt and wait for it to come out. Because they've repeated it time and time and time and time again. So they've said, okay, well, you know, I, I think it's only fair to let this investigation run its course, and we'll see what happens. And they've seen these people talk it up and talk it up and how important it is. So when it comes out, all those Americans that were just trying to be fair and trying to just call it down the middle and said, let this thing play out, it's only fair. When it comes out, that Donald Trump, there's no evidence that Donald Trump colluded with Russia in any fashion. And the Democrats and the talking heads and the mainstream media are going to come up with excuses, piles and piles of excuses. Those average Americans that have been sitting waiting on the end of this investigation, they're going to say, what are you talking about? This, this was what we were waiting on. We were just waiting on the end of this investigation. Now it's here. Now you're telling me you got to do something else. You're telling me that the thing that you told me to, to invest so much faith in, it doesn't matter anymore because it didn't, it didn't produce the outcome that you wanted. America's not going to buy it. And the left and the Democrats, they have to, have to, have to get some of those people in the middle, some of those independent voters. Some of those Democrats that went over to Trump's side, they got to get them back if they're going to win in 2020. They're not going to do it like this. They continue to end up with egg on their face. Look at the Democrat candidates that have announced for president. And look how many screw-ups in just a few short weeks. How many screw-ups all of them have had. Every one of them has had some sort of screw-up so far. Okay, you've got, uh, let's see, let's start off with, uh, God, there's so many, I can't even, I can't even think of them. Uh, you just go with the Jesse Smollett stuff. That was across the board. Everybody ended up with, with egg on their face from that. You've got Elizabeth Warren, who her Native American her heritage continues to haunt her. She has the faux pas of the, the periscope she does where she's drinking a beer and, oh, look, my husband's here. I'm so glad you're here, honey. Well, this is my house, so of course I would be here. You've got Kamala Harris, who claimed she was listening to Tupac before Tupac even put out an album. You've also, you've also got, speaking of Kamala Harris, her dad is coming out and hammering her 
for talking about smoking weed in college and attributing that to her Jamaican heritage. He's got some sort of blog or website, and he posted on there he uh, about how Kamala Harris's grandmothers and his grandmothers would be rolling over in their grave if they heard her say that, if they heard her stereotype Jamaicans as just a bunch of weed smokers. <laughs> and then the information that oh, Kamala Harris has gotten bad, the information that uh, she kind of slept her way to higher positions to, to get where she's at today. It's not been good for the Democrat candidates. It's not. And even Bernie, poor Bernie. I don't know that he even knows what he's doing because he came straight out. And the Democrats, some of them, I think some of them realize the more they ignore Donald Trump, the better off they are. Because they're not going to beat Donald Trump at, the, at his own game. A lot of people learned that in 2016. Some haven't, though. Bernie Sanders apparently did not learn that because in, in his first remarks when announcing he was running for president, he started calling uh, Donald Trump a racist and a homophobe and a, uh, a xenophobe and whatever else right off the bat. That's how he started his campaign. Now, he's raised uh, a record number of dollars uh, for his campaign, but. None of us know really where that stuff came from. They'll want you to believe, oh, it's all grassroots campaign money. People donating 5 and $6 at a time. I doubt you raise that much money from average Americans donating 20 and $30 a pop. I'm just saying. Nonetheless, everybody's already had major, major mess-ups. And in the meantime, Donald Trump's just kicked back and he's laughing at what his competition is going to be next year. Speaking of Trump, he tweeted about an hour ago about the Jesse Smollett stuff. I guess right after the press conference was held, he actually tweeted right at Jesse Smollett. And he said, uh, at Jesse Smollett, what about MAGA and the tens of millions of people you insulted with your racist and dangerous comments? Hashtag MAGA. <laughs> but Donald Trump's loving it. Loving it. Now the media is going to want you to think that Donald Trump is shaking in his boots at the competition that is on the way for 2020. But he don't care, cuz he? He don't care. He's loving it. He's loving it. And again, he has nothing to lose. Absolutely nothing to lose. So he's just going to continue to live it up. So that's out there. That Mueller report should drop any time, and I am excited, excited, excited to see it. It seems like it almost makes me angry knowing that the media has their hands on a good portion of this and, and they won't put it out there. But you can't expect them to put it out there because uh, it doesn't go in their favor. So we'll have to wait like normal people. Normal people waiting on uh, um, uh, a, a, a major investigation into a president. Whatever. Whatever, whatever. So, that's going on. And speaking of the media, did y'all see the stuff about Tucker Carlson? And where he had some, uh, I, I guess it was some Danish guy on there that was 
trashing Tucker and, and Fox News, and he ended up cussing him out and like cussed him out bad. I wish I would have actually pulled the audio and uh, bleeped it out. I can't. I don't really think I can play the whole thing. But he did give a response on his uh, on his show. I can see if I can find that. I, I don't guess there's really a point in playing that since uh, I can't play the original audio. But basically what he does is he goes into this whole diatribe about how Fox News or uh, there are a bunch of millionaires that's being told what to say by billionaires. And that's the only reason they're against uh, higher taxes on the wealthy and all of this kind of stuff. Because originally the reason Tucker brought him on was because he went to Davos and criticized all those world leaders for traveling there on their private jets to talk about climate change, which is a very honorable and uh, thing to do, especially since nobody's calling them out on that stuff, at least to their face. Uh, but then he then took the time to say basically that Tucker and, and Hannity and the rest of the guys don't believe in what they're saying when they talk about higher taxes being a bad thing. Even for us that don't have that kind of money, don't have Tucker Carlson money, we understand the simple economics of taxing the wealthy at an extremely high rate. It's not going to benefit the people that have less money than them. It, it's not. It never does. But uh, people will continue to push that, as you know. Uh, what else? What else? Trump derangement syndrome. How about this? Out of Ohio, I got a music shop owner who's posted a sign on the front of his shop telling Trump supporters to get to stepping. Now, we've seen this time and time again. This is nothing new. I'm not surprising you guys by telling you that uh, this sort of thing has happened. But it is worth noting. It's the owner of Joe's Music Shop in Willoughby, Ohio. He placed a sign outside his store outright telling those who support Trump to go shop somewhere else. Actually, here's what the sign said. Dear Trump sympathizers, I am truly sorry. However, I feel unclean and dirty accepting money from you. Please politely shop somewhere else. Sorry, I would rather starve and close the store than participate in wrongdoing. Many blessings to you. I hope you understand. Oh, yeah, Joe, I'm sure they'll understand completely. And I think you will be successful in your attempts to make sure those types of people do not shop at your store because they will never do so again. And your wish may come true of starving and having to close your store because those things don't usually bode well for people. Discrimination, uh, the free market doesn't usually work out for those that discriminate. And no, the government's not going to come shut you down because you said something bad about Trump or you're turning people away or whatever. You got the right to do that. It's your business, cousin. Do whatever you want. But you probably won't last long. You probably just suicided your own business. And that's fine with us. We could care less. So, uh, and by the way, is is there enough business in the music shop, in the music shop industry in 2019 to even stay open? 
I know a lot of you guys shop for vinyls and stuff like that, but it seems like going to the music store is just a matter of of nostalgia opposed to actually doing some real shopping on a regular basis to go buy CDs or cassette tapes or whatever. I mean, don't we all just stream music and listen to MP3s these days? And podcast. And podcast, obviously. I don't know. Just asking. We'll see what happens to Joe. Maybe we'll get an update on him in a couple of weeks when he's uh, apologizing for what he did and uh, closing up shop. We shall see. Uh, real quick, let me tell you about... I got to talk about Eric uh, Swal, Swalwell. Swalwell. A tweet he posted yesterday. And, and you, those of you that follow me on Twitter, the comments on this tweet he posted were absolutely owning me. I don't want to read you a couple of them. Before I do that, though, let me remind you about Nick the Marketer and NickTheMarketer.com. Nick is the man, as you know, dear friend of mine and also a supporter of this podcast. Nick the Marketer is a company that works with you to make sure your digital footprint is as big and effective as possible. Everything from how your website looks, from building your website from scratch to making sure it's easy to navigate, to making sure when people Google the type of services services or the type of products that you guys offer that they see your link, they see your website in those Google searches or any, any sort of search they do when looking for business. They see it thanks to Nick the Marketer. They do a search engine optimization. And, and the main thing they do is they turn clicks into customers. Those people that come to your website are so fascinated with what they see, they either want to know more about their business or immediately want to shop with you. And that's very important in this age to make sure that digital footprint is big and it's effective. Nick does that. His team does that. They turn clicks into customers. So make sure you get in touch with him. He's going to give you the rundown on everything you need to know, what they offer, how you can keep up and track who comes to your website, who calls you because of the website, just from their software. You get to see the exact same things that they see. So you know if your website is working for your business. 205-610-9550 is the number. 205-610-9550. And on the web, nickthemarketer.com. If you got time today, just go to his website and check it out. Even if you don't have a business, maybe you know a business owner that might be struggling with uh, with their, their website or their digital footprint. And you're like, hey, you know what, buddy? I know a guy that could really help you out with your business online let me send you over to nickthemarketer.com just call him up it's not it's not going to cost you anything to hit him up and just ask some questions they'll answer them all day just make sure when you call them or you tell your friend to call them that they mention they heard it right here on over the line okay your boy eric swalwell swalwell he um he tweeted a picture of himself yesterday and officially owned himself on Twitter, with his own tweet. It was very impressive. The tweet was a picture of himself with the snow falling down. He's walking down the street, and it simply said, It's snowing in New York. I need coffee. The closest cafe is inside Trump Tower. This is me walking to an alternative. 
So he, he takes a selfie and proclaims to the world of Twitter that he is um that he's walking an extra block or two so he doesn't have to buy the coffee in Trump Tower and contribute to the evil orange man. So you start looking through the comments and they go as follows. A whole tourist who stomp on the sidewalk to take selfies, especially in the snow, is why New Yorkers hate you. And actually, Eric Swalwell, he responded to that by saying, actually, a few of them asked for a selfie. What do you say to them? And the guy responded, we're just happy you're safe after your tour of service, sir. <laughs> Another one says there's multiple places to get coffee every block in Manhattan. You tiresome chud. What is a chud? Is that a cuss word? Did I just say something nasty? I don't know what that means. Another one says, uh, for your immense valor, we are awarding you the Medal of Honor. <laughs> Another one, advice. This comes from Robin Young. I'm not sure who that is. She said, advice. Take the high road and tweet positive thoughts. Avoid petty, negative comments. Another guy comments, where will you possibly find coffee in New York, shit, uh, New York City? <laughs> Whoops. Um, and he tweets a picture of, uh, of a map showing all the coffee shops surrounding where he took that picture at. And there's literally a coffee shop on every single corner. Another one, first world problem, so silly, showy, and petty. Uh, another guy said, everyone in America right now is Googling how to delete someone else's tweet. Uh, OMG, the sacrifice, you're so strong, Eric, keep up the fight. Hashtag resist, hashtag idiot wrapped in a moron. Another one uh, posted a, a meme. Da, 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 da. I love how this information somehow requires a selfie. Uh, look at me. Here's me not drinking the president's coffee. Needless to say, he owned himself on his own tweet. Absolutely. Absolutely precious. You can't beat it. Doesn't get any better than that. Over the line, over the line show.com. We're going to take one more small little teeny tiny break. Come back on the other side and wrap up this edition. So don't you go anywhere. You never know what could happen right here. Also, don't forget to follow us and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It's the easiest way to know. Whenever a new episode is posted, it sends you a cool little notification on your phone. It's like, hey, new Over the Line show ready for you. So hook that up. Back after this.
Show.com. Uh, Andrew McLean hanging out with you. With ya. I need to go back. Do y'all remember when I was doing the show by myself? Back on the radio station. Um, when they took Jessica off the show and then had me by myself for a little while and then put Jim Moore on the show with me. In between those times, we had a thing where we did a Friday is like cover song day. So all the bumper music was cover songs. I think we need to get back to that. I like that. I love cover songs, especially 80s cover songs. They're my favorite. All right, before we get out of here, let me do this. A, a very sad sad story coming out of Syracuse, New York. Jim Boheme, who is the coach of the Syracuse, University of Syracuse, or Syracuse University, I don't know which way that goes. Um, they had just wrapped up a game uh, playing, I believe they were playing Louisville, who most of you guys know Louisville is always... Uh, Pretty good at basketball. They had a big win against Louisville, one sixty-nine to forty-nine. It was a it was a home game. Um, after the game, uh, the coach Jim Boheme is on, I guess, on his way home to uh, wrap up the day or whatever, and he strikes with his car and kills a pedestrian. Happened last night around midnight. Very horrible and sad story. Um, obviously, they did the normal thing of checking to see if he had been drinking or anything like that. And he hadn't, according to police. Uh, but just so sad. And, and really, I, I saw the article on Saturday Down South, which a lot of you guys, I'm sure you follow that website or their Facebook page or whatever. The headline that they put up there, I felt was very irresponsible since he was shown not to be drinking or anything. They put Syracuse coach Jim Boheem kills pedestrian driving home after game. I think that's irresponsible sports journalism, but whatever. That's another story for another day. Uh, uh, sad, sad story. Apparently, the guy that was hit was in an unrelated auto accident before getting hit by Syracuse's coach's vehicle. He had an accident, I guess, there on the side of the road or something, and he had just gotten out of his car to assess the damage caused by that initial accident. And as Jim Boheme came through, I guess he hit the man, not anticipating him getting out of the car or 
the coach may not have been paying attention. I don't know. We don't know the circumstances because this just happened at midnight last night. And uh, just a uh, sad, sad story for somebody who is uh, in the public eye, especially in in that uh, in that area. Syracuse, always a decent basketball team as well. Uh, just sad, sad for the, the family of the victim. Uh, sad for uh, Syracuse's coach and his family. Because if there's nothing that he did wrong, it's just that's a that's a heavy burden to bear. So I hate that for him. And we'll if we see an update on that in the coming days or next week, we'll we'll update you on it. But it's just a uh, really crappy, crappy situation. And another thing on the sports tip, I found this very interesting. Apparently, last night during the Duke game, I didn't watch this game. But Duke played North Carolina, which is always a highly anticipated game. It's a big rivalry game really throughout the entire NCAA in college basketball. And I think Obama was in attendance for that game, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't double check. I just heard that before the game. Um, the forward for the team, Zion Williams, one of their star players, and really one of the top players in, in, in the nation, and one of the top guys as an NBA prospect in the past decade had to come out of the game after he suffered a knee injury when his shoe blew out. Now, it is a Nike shoe. It blows out, makes him twist his knee, and sends him to the floor. I haven't actually watched this clip. I just read about it, and I'm going to watch it right now. And let's see. He stops. Oh! Now, it doesn't look that bad on video. Oh, I guess it's his left. Okay, so it's uh, it's the knee on the other leg from where the shoe blew out. But anyway, he stops. He's running sideways, and he stops, and the shoe just comes apart at, from the sole, and the side of the shoe just comes apart, and his foot goes flying out of the shoe. He tweaks his knee. And everybody, instead of saying, oh, man, that's a freak accident, Nike is the one to blame here. <laughs> the market is freaking out about Nike over this. And really, let's be honest, it's like a freak accident. But literally... People are losing their mind. And it's important because this is their star player. And I, honestly, I don't even know what the score was. Did Duke end up winning that game? Should I check real quick? Let me look. I should I should do more show prep on this stuff if I'm actually going to. I didn't plan on talking about this. But uh, uh, North Carolina won that game. Oh, that's not good. 88-72. to 72. Okay. So maybe it is a bigger deal than I'm giving it credit for. Uh, uh, so anyway, the shoe blows out. Nike is now pledging to investigate, apparently, Shoegate, which is what this is going to be called. Um, not like there was foul play or anything, but they're investigating, I guess, why the shoe, the shoe may have been poorly made or why it didn't, you know, it, it, it didn't get this kid through the game. I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're going to be charging so much money for shoes, you do expect them not to fall apart. But it was such a big deal that Nike, uh, Nike stocks are sliding. 
the, the stock for Nike is actually going down because people are so freaked out over this. <laughs> over a shoe that got blown out, which is, you know, more than likely just a freak accident. Something, you know, when you mass produce products, especially when you make them in China, uh, the, sometimes uh, one that's not as, as good of quality makes it through. And it just so happened one of those that wasn't as, as, as good a quality as they would like it to be made its way onto the floor of one of the biggest basketball games of the year. And now Nike is in absolute freakout mode over it. So we'll obviously uh, watch what happens there. <laughs> they better get it together because March Madness is sneaking up on us fast. You want to see some real freak out, let a shoe blow out and a star player get hurt during a uh, Elite Eight or Final Four game in the in the tournament. Don't need that happening. Especially if Tennessee's there. We want none of that. Also, somebody sent me a, a meme that said Bernie Sanders is announcing that if he wins president, he's taking away some of Alabama's national championships and giving some of them to Tennessee. And so, if that's true... I can tell I'm starting to feel the burn a little bit. I may just uh, turn into a Bernie supporter. All right, I'm out of here, y'all. Have a fantastic day. Sorry Joy didn't show up. We'll try again. It's the life of radio, life of podcasting. So have a fantastic weekend. And until next time, see you, cuz.